Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we're coming to you live from a bunch of places on the internet. We're live on Facebook. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Twitch. We're live on X slash Twitter. We're live on Instagram, I think. Maybe. For the first time. Yeah, for the first time. Uh, plus, we're rolling to you live on audio. Well, not live on audio because it's not. Uh, later on audio on a bunch of places, wherever you're listening, wherever you're checking out the show. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. You all are awesome. This is our last live show of the year. Woohoo! And what we're going to be doing tonight is we're going to be rolling out our best comic books of 2023. I do want to give a particular shout out to Justin Tyler for coming out, even though he's sick tonight. Oh. Yes. Long day in Justin land. But oh, uh, boy. here I am. But one thing you're not sick of, Justin, is great comics this year, right? That's right. Been... In fact, I'm drowning in them. <laughs> we are drowning in them. I do want to mention before we get into it, so we, the way that we put this together, just so everybody knows, if you want a little process about it, we all came up with our top 20 lists. We took those, called those together as a discussion point, and we got on the phone for a heated conversation for, I would It was say, heated. It was surprisingly heated this year. And I think part of the reason is there were legitimately... So many good comics that came out. This was really hard. I mean, I don't want to speak for you guys. I mentioned this. I culled my best comics list down to real tight 129 titles. And I was like, how do I cut any of these? These were all good. From the man who stacks the stack, there's 129 uh, comics to talk about this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's agreed, though. It's hard because we were like, hey, let's do a top 20 and then we'll only do 15. It made it even harder. I know. It, it was hard and it was tough. We did make some choices. Ultimately, I think we came up with a list that we believe is representative of a lot of the titles that we've talked about this year. Not everybody's going to agree with everything, but we are going to explain Damn right. why we chose the titles we chose. And then, because we can't make choices, we'll have a couple of honorable mentions and at astute, the end. <laughs> yeah. astute listeners may be able to spot some of the disagreement. Please mm -hmm. write in and let us know if you hear any. Yes. Could that happen? We'll find out. Um, yeah. So why don't we get into it? Here we go. I'm going to try also a new setup here while we do our best comics to roll them out. That doesn't matter for anybody listening Ooh, to the audio podcast. look at this. I was, I was having a little fun today, guys. Playing around I love with the this. whole thing. I uh, love that this is fun for you. It, it is. Doing PowerPoints? Rolling out mm. presentations? Ooh, I'm in heaven, I baby. I love it. I truly do love it. All right, so here we go. Let's kick it off. We're going to do from number 15 all the way down to number one. This is number 15, Danger Street, 
Number nine from DC Comics, written by Tom King, art by Jorge Fornes. Pete, take it away. Why is this issue our number 15 pick? Well, first off, it starts off with the yelling helmet every issue, which is just a great idea and really well executed. But that is, uh, you, you can say a lot of different amazing things about Tom King. I just like this weird story. It's a weird story. It's kind of crazy. It really delivers. I mean, when you start with the screaming helmet, and then go from there. You really got to deliver. And I think this really is worth uh, being on this list. It's very creative. The art's amazing. It's a fun Tom King story uh, uh, told well. A well-told story. Uh, I'll just jump in here and say, you know, Danger Street as a, there's a reason the whole series isn't mentioned here. Like a series that could sometimes be a little convoluted and a little unclear where it was headed or what it was amounting to. This issue is like the the bang or one of the top best single issue comics of the year. It's a fight between two characters. It's great gore. It's deeply philosophical. It's just one like I think all three of us separately finished this issue, set it down, and was like, wow, that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah totally agree on everything that most of you guys said. Why don't we move on to uh, the next big? <laughs> no, 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 I do. Fight, fight, fight. I don't know. I, the the shouting helmet was very shouty at me. That's all I'm saying. But yes. this issue was absolutely phenomenal. Totally agree. Uh, let's kick it off with a the shouting helmet ongoing... reminded r- reminded me of Pete. Yeah, there you go. Let's kick it on with this. Is kind of two titles, but it's sort of the same title. We put it as one at number fourteen. She Hulk slash the Sensational She Hulk. From Marvel Comics, written by Rainbow Rowell, art by Luca Moresca, Andre Genolette, and Joe Canones. So this is a title that they literally, in the first issue of Sensational Seahawk, say, hey, we reset it to number one because we really wanted to sell better because we love this book. I love this book, too. This is, I've said this so many times, but hands down, one of the best romance books on the stands. It's also one of the only romance books on the stands. But Rainbow Rowell does such a good job of amping up your tensions here, particularly in the last couple of arcs, as the romance with Jack of Hearts. And She-Hulk has gotten hot and heavy and interesting yeah. and complicated. She's building up a rogues gallery for She-Hulk at the same time that's really interesting. And mostly the book is just moments in She-Hulk's life. You see her go to her job sometimes. She's got a punch club with a bunch of other characters sometimes. It's very fun. It's very funny. It's very sweet. But most of all, it'll get your heart beating while you read it. Yeah, Yeah, agreed. It's just, uh, it's really, you feel the heart of it, which is great with She-Hulk. And also there's just so many great badass moments and the art, such such a cool tone for the whole vibe of it. Uh, yeah, it constantly delivers. You know, there's some uh, comics that are like sometimes good. So this She-Hulk is constantly really good. And uh, this is no exception. If you're a fan of the Rogue Gambit relationship from back in the day, I think this is a good, uh, there's some connections there between She-Hulk and Jack of Hearts and just makes you want to love love. Mm-hmm. Love that love. Let's go over to our number 13 pick. Poison Ivy from DC Comics, written by G. Willow Wilson, art by Marcio Takara and Luana Vecchio. Justin, why don't you take this one away? I mean, this is a, a book that when it started, because uh, it started last year, and we were like, oh, this is fun. It's like a villain going out and doing something truly mm-hmm. more villainous, more monstrous than we expect from her. And then it, it the book sort of transformed. It moved very step by step. It felt like the kind of writing that we don't get in comic books 
it felt very organic, uh, pun not intended, uh, coming from Poison Ivy, where like the pieces of the story kept coming together. We saw a lot of Harley Quinn popping in and out, so great relationship. But uh, the Killer Croc being sort of a main player in recent issues, like it just feels like good comic storytelling that's that's coming out uh, without like, super consistently. Yeah, I was really impressed with like the story was so creative and interesting. She really kind of wrestled with being a kind of super villain and kind of uh, destroying everyone. It was also this fun road trip aspect of it. It was nice to get her out of Gotham a little bit on her own, kind of having her own adventure. So, yeah, I think it really delivered and uh, all the things that Justin said. The two things that I'd add on to what you guys have said, I think it's super impressive that this book went from unsure about its future. I think it was originally supposed to be six issues long, but yes. so, so well, it just kept going. That could have led to a sense of the book spinning its wheels, but it's never felt like that running through the current issues going through the end of the year. And then the other thing I give a big shout out to is the art here. That okay, was perfectly bad. Oh, that is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say it was tight bananas. Is that okay, Pete? It's super tight. Right. Oh, super Get tight. Get that Sorry. out. Cause that's a 2023 phrase that we're not bringing forward. <laughs> super that's tight nanners. Come on. Oh man. This, this book is sharp pineapples. As I always say, that's our <laughs> yes, 2024 man. phrase. The Fresh. art by Marcio Takara and also Luana Vecchio who filled in for an arc is psychedelic in this super fascinating way that never loses track of the action or the characters. It's not weird for weird sake as these spores are growing out of poison ivy and consuming the world. Smart storytelling, beautiful art, great book. Yeah. Great road story that also comes back to sort of the premise, the quote unquote mm -hmm. premise uh, often. And it's really, really nice. Number 12, this was a audience favorite pick. Know your station. Know your station, Boom. audience. Know, know your, your station. station. From Boob Studios, written by Sarah Gailey, art by Liana Congas. I say this is an audience favorite because it was creeping on some of the picks from our Slack. We were talking about hey, this. Hey, don't be a creep, man. What a way don't to say that, Alex. No, yeah. no, no. Like I creeped You're into their house. You're abusing your admin privileges. It was pretty gross. Anyway, this was picked multiple times on other people's lists when they were talking about it on the Patreon Slack. We had it on our list as well, so label it audience favorite because it is. This is such a smart, unique story about a detective who is not a detective in a space station. She doesn't even want to be there. She's addicted to drugs and is forced Super to drugs. confront this wild overly violent disgusting mystery where people are just being set up in pieces and body parts which could get very gruesome but sarah Gelly never loses the humor in the situation without spoiling too much about where it goes it gets to this really surprising and interesting place that pits the haves against the have-nots that says something about our current society presents a way that's pretty shocking and in your face but again very smartly and funnily done this book takes chances. And then beyond that, you got Liana Kangas's art, who is a bright, shining star in the comic book art scene. This is a gorgeous book to look at with some really exciting and very different feeling sci-fi settings and characters. Love this book. Great twists and turns. And where it lands, I just, no one could see that coming, <laughs> like you were saying, Alex. 100%. Next up, at number 11, Batman, One Bad, one bad Day, Clayface. From DC Comics, written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, art by Zermonica. This is another one shot here in our best of Justin. Why was this one issue 
worth putting in. I guess I like single issues because this one was, <laughs> again, immediately something that I, I put it down. I was like, wow, fantastic. It's uh, Clayface. We get into um, Basil Carlo, the uh, sort of human underneath the clay. His origin story and real, it's a real Hollywood story. And you can feel that's something we don't see a ton of in DC. Um, there may be another version of it coming up in the countdown here. But um, story set in Los Angeles in the DC universe, really getting into Hollywood. You can feel Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing drawing on some maybe personal experiences here that I thought were great. Great art. It's reminded me a lot of the, the Batman, the animated series, Clayface, uh, which is, to me, the best version of the character. That two-episode origin uh, from uh, maybe the first season, I th Fe Feet of Clay, I believe, is so mm -hmm. good. And this was had me going right back there mentally. I, I would say also the Harley Quinn animated series this is a great Clayface as well. Um, doesn't, but doesn't, doesn't doesn't besmirch that. Okay, I'm just saying we're talking about great Clayface. This deserves a shout out. Um, I yeah, that art though. I mean, damn that art though. It's uh, it's phenomenal. It's worth it for the art alone. Uh, yeah, this is just a great idea of what Clayface is and can be, and playing with that in such a creative, cool way. Uh, we had to put it on there. It was such a just, as Justin said, you, it, it melts your mind, this comic, after reading it. It's cool. Turns your mind to play. You become. Hey, there it is. It was right there in front of us. All the One Bad Day books were pretty good or pretty yeah. interesting or fun to read. But this one, like you guys have been saying, is heads and tails over the other ones. It's like a Tales from the Crypt episode almost in a certain way. The way that it plays out is this horror Hollywood tale. It's tragic. It's epic. Like Pete said, the art is absolutely gorgeous throughout and horrific often with what happens with Clayface. Great, great book. Um, Stray Bullet has a quick question here. Will we be still be saying yes. worth it for the art alone in taking that one to the grave? I'm going to start saying it's not worth it for the words alone. Is that okay? That's oh, pretty yeah, good. I'm. It's I think it's worthy. But all right. I think. Wow. I think in 2024 we're going to be saying staples are currency now. So break your <laughs> comics open and spend those staples. So wow. a lot of different takes there. Yeah, man. All right. Shall we get into the top ten here? The oh, really, oh, really good books. Get oh, out. Oh man. Wow. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Kicking it off. Number ten. The Call from Image Comics, written by Kelly Thompson, art by Matea de Luis. This is a YA sort of book mixed with epic Lovecraftian horror as a bunch of kids head through a weird cave in the ocean or lake. Not 100% clear, to be honest. Uh, body go to of a water. Body of water. Uh, an isthmus, perhaps. <laughs> yes, perhaps. I think that's a land mass, actually. But, but it's so, uh, bordered by water. Exactly. Yeah, sure. Peninsula. Again, a land mass. Anyway, they go through a cave. They come to a mystical place. This is one of the most creative books I read all year, but the real standout here, we always love Kelly Thompson, is Mattia de Luis's art, which is stunning. I was thinking about it today, how to describe it when we were getting ready for the show, and it almost feels like you're looking at statues when you're mm. seeing the art. Like it's these statues that obviously they are not moving because it's a still page, but have like come statues, to life. I will say, Alex. It feels yeah, iconic. Like statues. Uh, beg to differ. Anyway, they gorgeous, gorgeous art that feels iconic and epic. Uh, absolutely beautiful. I do not know what technique this uh, artist uses to do it, but absolutely blown away by this. Um, love this book. And I'm sad that it is, I believe, ending with the final issue next month, but I can't wait to see how it all wraps up. 
Agree. Yeah. Really enjoyed this. This reminded me a lot, uh, or it had some bones to similar to Lost, the TV show that uh, we all love, except for the nope. end, except for Alex. Uh, nope. The so like if you're a fan of that, I think this is a great book to get into. Uh, agree with everything Alex said, except for the moving statues thing. I just have some. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. I did just think this is, uh, as Zalbatron uh, mentioned, uh, the creativity on this was off the charts. Uh, such a well-executed idea, and the art just elevated to a completely different level. Kelly Thompson, uh, if she's there, I'm showing up to check it out for sure. And, man, what what a delivery. This is just 10 out of 10. So uh, we put it in number 10. All right. At number nine is Disney Villains Maleficent. Oh, come on, baby. Yeah. All right. Is this my Get daughter's top? Is this my daughter's All right. All right. Come on. Okay. Gatekeeper by Sue Lee Pete. Obviously, you're a big fan of this based on the way that you're cheering. Why was this book so good? First off, words are bullshit. And this comic knows that. Okay. It just did such a great job of taking something and taking a property that we know maybe some people love, maybe some people don't, but elevated it in the comic book form in such a great way through such a creative lens. Like there were just panels that were just setting mood and tone as you're following this kind of like raven flying over the woods. It was beautiful. It was epic. It pulled you into the story and it just took a character that you're like, whatever, but made it so great and made it so undeniable. It had to be on our list. It was just such a refreshing thing in a stack of superheroes and other stuff. It just really stood out and uh, stood apart and was just didn't try to be Disney. It just was telling such a cool, wicked story. I, I was just so moved by it. Uh, wicked is uh, Wizard of Oz, but I understand what you're saying. No, I, fucking wicked. Great, man. It's fucking wicked. It was. Yes. Uh, oh, the. Boss. I would mention that overall, the Disney villains line has been punching far above its weight for what I, I expected from it in, 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 at all. But I agree with Pete. This book is absolutely subtly gorgeous. Every issue is ostensibly its own done in one tale of Maleficent, but it's slowly building over the course of the series as bigger and bigger adversaries come to challenge her in the woods. The art style by Sue Lee feels like those classic pieces of concept art from Disney movies. I think Ooh, that's yes. what she's channeling there. Channeling there. Um, stunningly gorgeous. Love just looking at this book. It's great. Yeah, I, I was making fun earlier, but I actually really enjoyed this as well. Uh, it has, like, like, Alex, to your point, like the concept art, like deeper... Uh, fairy tale and mythological underpinnings, uh, the Maleficent specifically, and beautiful art that doesn't feel like it's trying to be the dark take, just telling a great mm -hmm. story with this villain as the centerpiece character. At number eight, Uncanny Spider-Man from Marvel Comics, written by Cy Spurrier, art by Lee Garbett. This is a five-issue series that took Nightcrawler after the events of the Hellfire Gala, sent him to New York, put him in a Spider-Man suit, and then pitted him against the Vulture, who had been uh, infected by the techno-organic virus, and Silver Sable, who was tasked to take him down. There is no reason this series should have worked at all. It was such a weird concept. And instead, here it is at number eight on our list. And part of the reason is because it's maybe the best Spider-Man book that came out this year, beyond yes. maybe the best X-Men book that came out this year as well. It perfectly melts those two worlds 
adds a great romance between Nightcrawler and Silver Sable, some excellent enemies that make total sense with Nightcrawler and with Spider-Man and with the New York setting. It's just this perfect melding of these two worlds. Plus, you got Lee Garbutt's art, which is so clear, so perfect superhero art. Plus, Cy Spurrier, we've mentioned this a million times on the stack, can get very heady with his stuff sometimes. This took some very heady concepts, particularly towards the end with a lot of the phenomenal twists, and simplified them down so they just became fun and enjoyable and funny throughout just a perfect comic book for front to back. I was so happy with this miniseries. I feel like a lot of comics uh, sort of take their time, at least an issue, to be like, all right, here's what we're doing. Here's these characters you know. They're going to be a different situation. This book did not mess around. It just went so hard all the way. Changed some continuity without feeling like it was uh, aggressively or purposefully doing so. And like Alex said, the most fun Spidey book out there, not featuring Spider-Man hardly at all. Next up at number seven, <laughs> Adventures of Superman, John Kent from DC Comics, written by Tom Taylor, art by Clayton Henry. Pete, talk about this one. Yeah, this was such a, a just a smart, cool, beautiful take on John Kent. Loved all the different, it just made Superman feel fresh and new again in such a great way that really kind of leaned into Superman's kind of characteristics and trying to be perfect and stuff. So I just think creatively they did such a great job of elevating this character in such a great way. Art was fantastic. Storytelling was off the charts. Uh, yeah, I loved every issue of this. I was Every issue was just such a pleasant and happy surprise. It's hard to come up with a new Superman. We don't ever do it. And the fact that uh, John Kent worked so well. And if you're a fan of Nightwing, um, that uh, many of us are, sort of a book that's been on the top of the list for a few years, and you haven't checked this out, this is like the the Nightwing, of the Superman Nightwing. This is essentially just an extension of the previous book. They gave it a little bit of a new storyline, but for the most part, it's not like a fresh new title so much as the previous John Kent title that Tom Taylor is just continuing. But you did get this great Injustice arc in there, which really, again, should not have worked at all, pitting John Kent against the Injustice uh, Superman. Agree. I was, but, in fact, I was so bummed when that was sort of mm -hmm. announced. I was like, this is going to overtake this book that I love that is so like heartfelt and emotionally driven mm -hmm. and sort of graph this larger story on it. And I think they just nailed, they were able to combine all that stuff together. Sorry. Yeah. And this is one that I've certainly seen people online griping about and saying, oh, that was so stupid. I don't like how that turned out. That was so dumb. Worked for me. I, I was very emotionally <laughs> involved in it. So exactly. sorry. All right, why don't we move on to number six then. Local Bad from Image yeah. Comics by Tim Seeley and Tony Fleeks. This is one of the best new surprises of the new year, though it should be no surprise because we love Tim Seeley stuff. We love Tony Fleeks stuff. This is about a 90s-style superhero who was in a super team called Third Gen. Think Wildcats, and you generally have the idea. He gets kicked out of the team and has to go home to his hometown. There he becomes the crime-fighting Local man basically just wearing a ski mask and bumming around, as you can see on the cover here if you're watching live, with his dog. There's some mysteries and there's some uh, deeper stuff with continuity that's going on here that they're setting up. But mostly it's about examining what it's like to come home again after you've been a celebrity. And beyond that, there are these phenomenal flip side stories, if you flip around the comic, that ape the style of... 
uh, old 90s comics, but have some really deeper thoughts behind them that tie into yeah. the overall continuity. And without jumping the gun too much, going into even this week's issue, they're starting to, these two guys are really just starting to break down the format of the comic book here at the same time. Stop jumping the gun. In such a smart way. I'll also give a shout out to Local Bad Gold was a one shot that came yes. out this year that was like a image comics crossover that I never thought I would see in a million years. They're doing amazing creative stuff in absolutely every issue of this book. I want to live in Tony Fleek's world. I mean, the just the sunsets, what? the tones, the the moodiness that uh, is created through this art is just so great. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we talk a lot about Tim Seeley and how amazing he is, but the, the two of these powers combined make such a interesting, cool comic that uh, really delivered issue after issue. This was a real creative uh, force to be reckoned with. Same, same. Like, if you're a fan of, I feel like I'm trying to make the larger connections to really uh, get books like this in people's hands because we love them so much. If you're a fan of the uh, iconic Matt Fraction uh, Hawkeye run, yeah. I think this is a great uh, thing to follow up. It's like small town Hawkeye uh, mm -hmm. with a guy who's really down on his luck, just trying to get by. Like Alex said, deeper continuity forming here, but great relationships, great characters. One of my faves. Next up at number five, we're in the top five here. Beneath the trees where nobody sees from IDW Publishing by Patrick Horvath. Justin, talk about this book. This book was such a surprise. It's the busy world of Richard. I'll give you the pitch. The busy world of Richard Scary, except there's a uh, murderer. In fact, two murderers in their ranks. And we get to see, uh, it's funny. We get to see these like gruesome murders carried out by like fun animals. But it just—it's hard to do good sustained horror in comics. Like we we get a lot of like horror anthology series where you get um, some great stories, but to do sustained horror, I think is not easy. And this book so far uh, has been crushing it. Yeah, like you said earlier on, Justin, it's hard to come out and be like, "This is what this book is." Right in the first issue, only two issues have been released so far, and a lot of the stuff when we were going through our list, I was like. Eh, one issue has been released, two issues. I don't know how I feel comfortable. This one, 100%, no-brainer yeah. to put into the top 10 here. The art is gorgeous and cute and horrifying at the same time. But to be clear, it does not hold back. You know, we've talked about this no. when we've reviewed either issue. It is gruesome. This is straight-up gruesome, disgusting horror with these adorable animal people. But also, it seems to, with the second issue, to be getting into a little bit more about the horror that is beneath every small town, that there are always these sublimated desires, sublimated uh, anger that is going on there. So... I'm really excited to see where this goes and also kind of terrified at the same time. I want to see this as an animated series right away. That'll mm. scare the pants off of Pete LePage. Pants LePage. Mm, there we go. All right. Why don't we go to number four? The Joker, the man who stopped laughing from DC Comics, written by Matthew Rosenberg, art by Carmine G. Gian Domenico and Francesco Francavia. Pete. Yeah. Why, All right. why did this book not stop you from laughing? Well, this was just such a idea that I was like, what? Two jokers. And delivered, destroyed my expectations and just 
first off, art unbelievable, fantastic use of uh, like the faces on the Joker and stuff. Just oh, the expressions, the fun. They, oh my God, they ripped into L.A. They ripped into New York. They just had so such a blast with this. Comedically, it was fantastic. It was the Joker in a way that I really wanted. A lot of people try to play with this idea of Joker being funny or just out of his mind. And this perfectly nailed it in such a great, entertaining way. The story was so clever and it delivered on many levels. And the art just really accelerated it. Every issue of this was a banger. I was just completely blown away from the first issue on such a great execution of an idea. Uh, blew me out of the water. I, I love this. Uh, this book, I feel like, bit off a lot, but was able to execute on it. It was, like, complex. It was, like, a little bit confusing at times, but really just brought it all together. Uh, we funny. talk a lot, and funny, and, again, hard to do in comics. I think, in general, starting to put together, like, a theme of this list, like, originality and, like, really mm -hmm. punching through using emotion is something that I think we always look for in our comics, and this book, did that with comedy at the forefront, but with also great action, great character choices. Love to see Manhunter out here sort of um, doing her best slash not quite nailing it. Uh, just a really great book. Totally agree with everything that you guys said. I'll just add on that the we've seen the multiple Jokers concept a bunch lately, a which is weird. Yeah. This is the one book that made it work. Uh, this is the only one that I've seen where I'm like, this is interesting. I'm interested in this mystery. I want to see where it goes. I'm emotionally involved. And like you guys have already said, Carmine D. Gian Domenico's art in the front is intense and exaggerated the way that you want from a Joker book. And the backup stories with Francesco Francovia have been these perfect old school stories that really tie into the overall narrative that are so smartly done. Yeah, we should mention the way that they, they are woven together over the course of the series is, again, unexpected and, and really well done. Yeah. All right. Are you all ready? We're about to head into. Oh, uh, we have a quick question here from Stray Bullet. Is this in continuity? Yes, it is. It is an in continuity there it is. story. So in this it, book, there are two Jokers. I think they've mentioned that in they have. Batman and a couple yeah, of other another, titles. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also three Jokers. So I guess there's five Jokers. Yeah, they're two separate buckets of Jokers. Man, when they meet, that's going to be fun. Five Jokers, all wild. Jokers, Jokers who adore you. All right, why don't we get wow. into the top That's an three. impractical number of Jokers. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about? <laughs> why don't we get into the top three here? Best three comics Whoop. of the year. No arguments necessary. Here we go. Number three. Once Upon a Time at the End of the World from Boob Studios, uh, yes. written by Jason Aaron, art by Alexander Tefengi, Leila Del Duca, and Nick Dragota. I hedged a little bit earlier when we were talking about She-Hulk as the best romance comic of the year, because this one is, I, I think, the best comic about romance of the year, right. is what I'd say. This takes two characters, Maceo and Mezzi, thrust them together in a, not exactly a meat cute, but maybe a meat disgusting at the end mm -hmm. of the world. They end up on a journey together as they travel through the worst post-apocalypse you ever see in your entire life. And it has become abundantly clear over the course of the arcs of the series. What this book is actually about is the post-apocalypse as a metaphor for the arc of a relationship. Yes. We have hit without getting too much into spoilers the real bad part of the relationship where you break up and what that feels like. 
And this is, through the art of this whole team, one of the most visceral representations of a breakup I have read in the history of comics. It's palpable, it's emotional, it's dark, but at the same time, you have these beautiful cartoony characters, particularly from Alexandra Tefegui and then Nick Dragota and the backup stories. He always has very exaggerated things as well. So there's humor, there's fun at the same time that it's taking your heart, ripping it out, throwing it on the floor and stamping on it. Yeah, you uh, you had me at Jason Aaron. Uh, yeah, this oh, is- That was so long ago, Pete. It was uh, right at the beginning <laughs> yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, this was just such a creative, unbelievable- heartfelt heartbreaking story that was just done uh in such a cool and interesting way and the way that the artist kind of brought this post-apocalyptic world to life and made it like gross but also very interesting was just absolutely mind-blowing yeah this was just such a great execution and uh a banger of a, a series for sure it's hard to write a comic where the, the there's a metaphor right at the center because it's either too obvious or too coy and you're lost in it uh, a little bit. This comic did found a way like Jason Aaron, a master of comic book sort of writing, was able to find a way to be constantly surprising with how he used the metaphor. Well, also just like the characters were always doing interesting things. The sort of sci fi angles were super original and pushing pushing the boundaries all the time like i one of my favorite books of the year as you could guess let's go to the number two pick if you all are ready for that it is the seasons have teeth from boob studios written by dan waters art by sebastian cabral just mentioned before i kick it over to justin surprisingly strong showing from boob studios on this list yeah i would say uh, good job to them. You've gotten the Comic Book Club seal of approval. Justin, why was this our number two pick? I mean, like we talk about, we've been talking about, like it's such an emotionally driven story where the the premise, the idea comes out of uh, the emotion that we we learn about over the course of this the series. It's uh, four issues, four seasons. Um, the premise is that. Um, in this earth, the seasons become sort of kaiju type monsters that are wreaking havoc in different parts of the world. And our main character is the photographer that is somehow able to get close enough to photograph them. And over the course of uh, each each issue, we learn about sort of his dark, uh, not really a secret, but the dark circumstances and sad circumstances that he is working through over the course of this. And this book just, to me, stands alone. There's no, no other comic like it. It feels like it's such a great trade. Feels like Neil Gaiman-esque or like any like great writer with their hands on just a great emotionally driven story where you can really ride along with the, the main character. Must pick up the trade, I think. Yeah, the uh, the just the title alone lets you know how creative and interesting this is. This is it, it paints such an interesting picture and then delivers on it in a way that you weren't ready for. I mean, the the kaiju monsters is just oh, just so fantastic. The art, I mean, just oh, it, it sucks you into this world, takes you to this place, and uh, it really uh, doesn't let you go till the end. And it's just such a well-executed idea. I know I've said that a bunch, but that's what you want out of a comic. You would, you think like, oh, I like this idea. Let's see if it delivers. And when it does, you feel great about it. So yeah, just uh, uh, it was 
uh, artistically really, really impressive. And uh, yeah, the title really delivers. Yeah, I don't really have much to add to what you guys said other than just to reiterate, this was such a nice surprise this year. I didn't see this coming, but Dan Waters has clearly been on a big upswing as a writer, and that really comes to bear here in terms of the emotional content and the plot of it. Feels like nothing I've ever read in my entire life, both from books, comic books, seen in movies or TV. Um, really just blew me away. And like you guys have said, the art by Sebastian Cabral was gorgeous. All of these creatures were so specific to each season. You could feel it. You could feel it also from the coloring as well. Gorgeous book. Definitely pick this up. Let's get to our number one. Wow. Mention our number one comic book of the year. And I'll mention last year, our number one comic was a book called Do a Power Bomb by a guy named Daniel hey, Warren Johnson. Do a Power Bomb. Do a Power Bomb mm. by Daniel Warren Johnson. Uh, so that's what our number one was last year. Let's see what it is this year. It is Transformers from Come Image on. Comics by Daniel Warren Johnson, getting a rare. Ooh. Two years in a row with the number one comic. What a surprise. Pete, you've been DWJ since D1. That's Take right. it away. <laughs> All right. Wow. So what I love about this, I mean, there's a ton that I love about this. But what's really kind of interesting to me about this is the fact that we're picking up on the continu- continuity of the Transformers movie. Uh, which was the last time the Transformers was real uh, uh, for me. So I just love this idea and the fact that it's in such great hands. I mean, Daniel Warren Johnson doesn't miss. All right. All he does is just hit home run after home run. And uh, I'm happy to be here for it because taking Transformers and elevating it to a level of Daniel Warren Johnson is such a great idea. It's in such great hands. It's going to tug at your heartstrings there's going to be unbelievable fights and the artwork i mean come on the artwork is unfucking believable uh yes daniel warren johnson does transformers and yes it is worth number one so why aren't you reading this comic if you had told me that the at the beginning of this year that we would have a transformers book as our favorite comic of the year <laughs> i would have said no what they're trucks that's not their whole thing uh it's more than me this- they're more than meet the eye. And I've learned that, Pete. Uh, the Starscream, he's trouble. This guy's <laughs> this airplane is trouble. Uh, but like the way that Daniel Warren Johnson infuses emotion into literally every panel, like, and you know, we've talked about sort of dads uh in this. Optimus Prime is the ultimate dad. He's like, you read this book, and not a lot of issues have come out, but you're like, oh man. He's my dad. I'm buying him to be his tiny. <laughs> he's, a, he's our truck daddy. That's who he's he our is. truck daddy. Oh, on, as we said, uh, it's like so that. good. It's also super sad, big action. I honestly don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> like it feels every issue. I'm like, I don't know. These guys are really up against it. <laughs> I totally agree with you guys. I will say for anybody listening out there, surprised that Transformers is our number one pick. So again, Justin, Pete, myself, we each came up with our top 20. I ranked them, put them together. Transformers was so far and away <laughs> the number one just on the basic ranking. When we got when it got time to discuss what our actual list was, 
This was just a no-brainer. I was like, yeah, all right, that's number yeah. one. And for exactly the reason you guys have said, I have never really been a big fan of anything than when I was playing with Transformers as a kid because I actually liked to transform them, and that was pretty much it. This mm. has gotten me so emotionally involved, every single issue. It is comes down to the emotion that Daniel Warren Johnson puts into every single panel and every single page. It's smartly done. It's cleverly done. It's interestingly done. This has gotten me excited for the whole Energon universe. We're going to be talking about Duke number one in the stat yeah. as an yes. extension of it. You got Void Rivals. This really is one of the most, I mean, it's not a new universe, but it's one of the most exciting reboots we've seen in a really long time. And Transformers is at the forefront there and holding the flag. So there you go. They got the flag. They All got right, the flag. DWJ, now, what you got coming next year? Yeah, come <laughs> on. Come on. Are you going to make it a hat trip, buddy? Listen, here's the thing. As I said at the beginning, though, there were a lot of titles that we could have included in the top 10. So instead, we're going to take some time to talk about some other titles. I'm sure there's still things we're going to miss, but we're going to give each of us a chance to talk about some honorable mentions here, things that didn't end up in the top 15. Pete, why don't you take it away with Pete's honorable <laughs> mentions? Go ahead. All right, great. I'm going to ha- give an honorable mention to Unstoppable Doom Patrol. Uh, Miss Marvel, the New Mutant, Star Wars Visions, Pe- Peach Momoko, Phantom Road, Nightwing, mm. Something is Killing the Children, House of Slaughter, Kaya, Scarlet Witch, In Hell We Fight, The Sandman Universe, Nightmare Country, The Glass House. Wait, what? <laughs> Are you just saying stuff? Yeah, you're just saying things there. Do, is there anything in particular you wanted to say about any of those titles, or do you just want to read the list? Uh, I was just giving my honorable mentions. Okay, He's just mentioning enough. them, Alex. It's just oh, a mention. Oh, honorable mentions. They're just mentions. Mensch. Yeah. I will mention that a little further that it, we discussed this a little bit where we talked about the top 15, but I think Something is Killing the Children, House of Slaughter, and House of Butcher comes out tomorrow, and there's been a couple of other one-shots. Such a smartly done expansion of universe. I said this in one of the stacks, but this feels like this has the potential to be the next Sandman universe. And I think James Tynan and company are being really smart about it in terms of how they're rolling it out. Anything you uh, wanted to real... add about these, Justin? Uh, love, I love almost all of those books. Uh, I would shout out Scarlet Witch, uh, Nightwing, Phantom Road as uh, faves on that list. But I also want to shout out um, the, the conversation going on in the comments. Uh, Monk uh, 422004 says, very old headshot, which I think yeah. is very funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thanks. That's yeah, no, we're old, buddy. We're old. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, maybe uh, Nat. Maybe, oh, yeah. Straight ball. That's such an old headshot. He almost looks like Alex right now. <laughs> Let's get that side by side. Oh, man. Excellent. All uh, right. Why don't we go to your honorable mentions, Justin? Here we go. Take it away. Uh, I, want, I want to shout out the just consistent best uh, Nightwing and Ice Cream Man. Those are books we've loved for years. Um, yeah. Favorite new superhero. These I have some superlatives in here. Hallow's Eve is a, a series that like didn't have any reason to be as good as it was, and it just was so good. Enfield Gang Massacre, shouts to that book. My That Texas Blood team just really crushing it. I, I want to shout out Jed McKay, who I think has had a, just a real come up year, someone I've been a fan of for a long time. But books this year, the Avengers uh, relaunch has been great. Mary Jane and Black Cat was really awesome. And the Doctor Strange book, one of my faves week in and week out. From the X-Men universe, some of my favorites, the Hellfire Gala one-shot changed the continuity. Realm of X and Children of the Vault have been just 
great unique stories that could only happen in this current continuity um thumb up thumb down turn that thumb upside down people um action comics uh philip kennedy johnson just continuing to build a great story sad that he's going to be off of the book and i may be stealing one of alex's by saying black hammer at the end uh just a book that i think we've we've all loved it's hard to tell a great uh a parallel story like analog story to like J- justice league but black hammer just makes it seem all fresh and new yeah, the only thing I would want to add on there in terms of the action comics of it all, I don't think I include this in my honorable mentions, but both like the Batman and Superman lines have been very strong lately, which has been great yeah. to see. And the X-Men line too, I know Pete is giving his thumbs down here, but I feel like there was stuff that I liked between the Jonathan Hickman era and between Fall of X, but it, there was a lot. There was a lot going on. It was hard to hold on to. Fall of X has given it a real focus since that Hellfire Gala issue, and it's been exciting to read. Um, uh, yeah, I just want to quickly, you know, we're, while we're talking about headshots and stuff like that, yeah, there's the, you're over scarfing in that shot there. It's, you uh, think so? Yes, jo- Justin yeah, has uh, many scarfs on, but it's fall, right? So, yeah, it's a cold neck. Uh, Michael Eamon also shouting out uh, that I'm a Doctor Who fan with that look, and I'm not, but maybe my body is. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> All right, uh, why don't we wrap this up with my honorable mention? What? The? Uh, Come on, man! So uh, I'm that sorry. is so if weird you, looking. If if you're listening to the audio podcast, if you're listening to the audio podcast, Justin and Peter laughing because I have a lot of a lot of picks here on the list. That's what they think is very yeah. funny. Honestly, I'm the, sorry, the, it was the, hard the, to the, narrow them down. You, that what? What's up? First off. That, the, the fact that that head should not be attached to that body in any way, shape, or form. That that's neck is my headshot. That's my headshot. Just like that's your headshot, Pete. That's the grossest thing I've ever seen in my life. No, that's what I look like. That's my body. I don't You've never look like that. Not even. I don't one take time. off my shirt when I'm doing this show because I want to be polite to you, that's dad fair. bods. Who are we to wow? Uh, who are we to judge? Uh, I love these comments. Also, uh, Nat says that's that photo from the future. So I look forward to uh, that. Headshot screams classically trained actor from Stray Beans. Definitely, that's, uh, that's ridiculous. The fact, read your bullshit so we don't, uh, we can get. Yeah, this sure. Off. I am going to read Pablo. Uh, are you that athletic, Alex? I love no, Pablo. That's, that's, no. Pablo. That's an actual picture of me. That yeah, is I not. It, no, that's not real, and he has never been athletic. No, that's or absolutely. Is that is my picture. You can see my Southside Serpents tattoo right on my shoulder, right there. That I always yeah. have. That's me. I love the body. Oh wait, shows. is that fucking what's his face? KJ Alpha. Yeah. <laughs> Alex went to the he went it's to the stores for ads oh in America. Wow. Why would you imply that I spend my free time photoshopping my head onto the cast of Riverdale's? Body? You're taking time That's away crazy. from your honorable That's mention. Crazy. Right We're not gonna have enough time to, for you to go through all your shit. Yeah, my I honorable need to mention. Add an honorable mention. Um, this shot is my on my honorable mention. <laughs> yeah, I I have one honorable mention for each one of my real life abs. All right, why don't we, uh, let me just read through them real quick, because there were, like I said, there were 129 things, and I was like, oh, God, I love these all. But a couple of things I wanted to shout out. I am Iron Man, which I thought was a phenomenal miniseries that put Iron Man's history through the lens of African-American writers and artists. Hackslash, back to school. That was Zoe Thorogood with her take on Hackslash. So good, so much fun. Can't wait to see what happens with the rest of that series. 
the deviant was a series i feel like i would have pushed harder in the, the top 10 but only two issues are out but smart yeah. terrifying horror from jamestown the fourth and joshua hicks adventures inc 84. only four issues out and it's canceled in issue five i just wish there were more fun concepts like this having a detective agency made up of avengers and plainclothes very fun the penguin i've been a little back and forth about tom king series this year but so smart so well done as the penguin goes to take back gotham loki was another dan waters series where he took a bunch of uh, figured out clippings and was tracking them down throughout history but it was mythological it was interesting it was funny really well done as well world tree from james tynan another one that's a big seller that i think is going to be like a perennial bestseller for years to come peacemaker tries hard by kyle uh starks Perfect for fans of the Peacemaker series. Very funny, very fun, and ultimately sweet and sad. Barnstormers, a good Scott Snyder series, but a better Tula Lote series. She won the Eisner for that, and I think rightly so. It was very much an announcement of a new talent on the scene. That was great to see. Radiant Black! Really wanted to give a shout out to this, particularly for the current experiment that they're running in the comic books, where they have two stories running of the two different Radiant Blacks that is so smartly done. But also, we had this on the list last year. The whole massive verse, I thought, was phenomenal. Uh, Birds of Prey, another Kelly Thompson book. Leonardo Romero's art in particular is so gorgeous in this. It's old school. It's new school. I think, Justin, you called it out as Wednesday Comics Reborn. Absolutely. Fantastic Four for Ryan North, just a smart science book that's focusing on done in one weird mysteries of the Marvel Universe and stuff. Super fun. Having a great time with that. Another superhero universe I want to give a shout out to, Minor Threats and the Alternates from Patton Oswalt and Jordan Bloom. This is so smart and interesting and mostly about like loss and feeling second best. Superman Lost, speaking of feeling lost, the most gut-wrenching Superman book that is being released right now. I don't know how it's going to wrap up, but woof. Hard read, but smartly done. Uh, Nat Towson says, this must be Alex's revenge for all the times peak pip too many books at the end of the show. Yes. Uh, we got Clobberin' Time. This is a Steve Scrochy book about the thing, t- basically doing a Marvel 2-in-1, but through his absolutely gross take on the thing, just getting his little rocks knocked off and stuff uh great stuff really fun really good book old dog bro declan shalvey that book went absolutely bonkers wild was so impressed with the directions it went in uh we got spy superb by matt kent really smart funny book as well subgenre another matt kent book that's just getting going but i don't know what's going to happen from issue to issue as it's playing around with the idea of genre really smart we've got the Midnight Show by Cullen Bud. Can't even read your own list. I it's can't. Too it's tiny. too tiny. Well, this is a really great horror title. A bunch of Universal movie monsters invading a town in the most bloody, horrific way possible. Um, also, Alan Scott, the Green Lantern. This is just a really smart take on how to take a retcon about an LGBTQ plus character and work it into his origin. I really, really like this book. Sandman Universe, Nightmare Country, The Glass House, Pete already mentioned. Love Everlasting by Tom King and Elsa Charidier. This is another great romance book. <laughs> They're just breaking down the thorn. Oh, no. Oh, I'm running out of time. Uh, okay. Okay. Hold on. Almost done. The Neighbors. This was, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the name of the author, but Letizia Catanici, who also does stuff on the um, House of Slaughter book. Um, This is just a weird, upsetting horror book that deals with trans issues at the same time. I thought it was smartly done. Superman Space Age by Mark Russell and um, Mike Allred and Laura Allred, I believe as well. 
that mm-hmm. recast Superman's origin and the history of the DC universe against the space race. And last but not least, the new champion of Shazam by Josie Campbell and Evan Doc Shaner. This was just a great Shazam book. I love this so much. It's so it much good. fun. And it leads directly into the Amazon's attack book that's Mary currently Marvel. running that I also love as well. So there you go. Whoop, whoop. It's that amazing. is it. That right. is... I literally, I have to go lay down and maybe barf a little. So this is <laughs> fantastic. Uh, what a year. I'll see you guys very soon. Or not. Can I trust Don't him? say that. Bye. <laughs> oh, man. I hope he doesn't die. Yeah. We're going to need him next year. You know what I mean? Yeah, we no, are. No, but seriously, he's sick. So he was. he said, I'm going to brave my way through this and we said that's you know don't hurt yourself but he was like no no i want to be here for this so uh it was super uh super nice of him to kind of do that even though he should have probably been resting he's a family for christ's sakes you know what i mean he shouldn't be so reckless totally agree the last kids on earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series the last comics on earth too many villains jack june quint and dirk face their biggest challenge yet creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kids series and the Last Comics series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Uh, That is it for the top 15, but now we're going to move on with our next section, which is my favorite section, because you all make it up. It's your audience questions. And for audience questions, all you got to do is drop a question on Facebook or YouTube or Twitch. And now you could also reply, I believe, reply to the post on Twitter slash X, and that will pop up here as well. But Pete, what you drinking tonight? Oh, I, uh, I'm drinking, uh, you know, a little light, you know what I mean? Nice. Just have a little light beer. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, Brett, as usual, designed a lovely sounding drink for us. He designed a festive Negroni. I did not have all the ingredients for that, but I did make a regular Negroni in the honor and I'm excited to make the festive Negroni some down, down the line. Love a good Negroni and good year. Um, also, uh, Brett, I believe if you are on our Patreon Slack, it's going to be putting up the top five cocktails of the year or something. Ooh, like so maybe we'll talk awesome. about that next show. Stray Bullies is the best, man. Yeah, he is. All right. Why don't we get into some questions here? This is from Edward Doherty. I only just joined the chat. What are your favorite comics of 2023? <sighs> <And> <laughs> oh, man. Edward, All right. Just... Well, we just went. Do we? Should we go back to the beginning? I'll just no, no, no. He yeah, can. He can uh, check it out. Don't bring up that. Oh, okay, fucking slide. Hold on, and then I just go back to this one. Stop. And then, and then go. Keep going back to that one. Stop zooming in. It's so. 
unnatural. Why are you ashamed of your body so much, buddy? I'm not ashamed of my body. Well, I'm just, it just... I'm just happier with KJ Apple's body. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else have we got here? Let's see. I'm shaming your own body. Yes. Okay. Uh, Nat Towson would like to know, is Pete okay in general? How are you doing, Pete? That's a complicated question, man. I'm trying my best. I can tell you that much. You know, uh, if you're talking about the fact that I checked out why Alex was monologuing, yeah, you know, I listen to his fucking shit so much. You know, oh, it's geez. just not. Uh, some days I can take it, and other days it just, you know, I have to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I was talking about comics you also like. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure you were. And this is what happened to Justin. We just explained that he is very, very sick. So yep. he left. Um, also a note, if anybody's listening to the live show, the stack is going to be a little late this week um, because we haven't been able to tape with Justin. So uh, that'll be coming a little later than usual on Wednesday. Kevin says, what are your bottom five comics of 2023? Everything X-Men. Oh, boo. <coughs> I'm also sick. You don't see me later. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't like focusing on that. I respect yeah, the fact that you're cool. asking, Kevin. Um. Oh gosh, sorry. Uh, Justin is texting and being like, "I'm sick," which we already know. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'd rather talk about the stuff we like. And like I said, it was hard to narrow it down to 129 titles I locked, like because there were a lot of things. I was like, "Well, I like that." Was that best? I don't know, but I liked it still. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's and it's also tough to. Yeah, we'd rather just not focus on uh, the well, negative. The other thing, though, I think this really underlined for me this process of deciding the best of the year. The thing we've been talking about all year that I don't know if we can conclusively say that comics are better than ever, but all this talk about comics are dying or they're dead or whatever, business wise, whatever, creatively. I'm so excited about comics. We've been doing the show for over 17 years at this point, and you would have thought I would have been tired of it already. I'm not. There are things that are so creative, so smart, so exciting to read. I love it. So, again, I I, I know you're making a joke, Kevin, but I just don't think it's worth fo focusing on the bottom. Focus on the, the top five and kind of go from there. Uh, this is from Edward Doherty. Thoughts on Rebel Moon? Did you watch Zack Snyder's new movie Rebel Moon on Netflix, Pete? No, I almost did, but then I saw the Ricky Gervais uh, special was there, so I was like, I'd rather laugh. Mm. So uh, I watched it. Okay. Yeah. Just uh, weighing in with that. No, it, it was not good. It's uh, It's very much... Don't spoil it. I want to watch it. I can't, I can't. Have you ever seen the movie Star Wars, Pete? Yeah. Okay. Numerous then, I can't, then I cannot spoil it. <laughs> it is legitimately like, like straight up here. Here's how I'll pitch it. The entire time it was boggling in my mind because. Wait, wait. I, everybody... I'm going to take my headphones off because I don't want to. No, no, no I this wanna, is not I a spoiler. See I want to okay, see take it. your headphones off and I'll talk okay. about it for a second and then you can put them back on. This is hard to do when there's two people. But Star Wars, as everybody knows, is liberally based on a lot of the Kira Kurosawa stuff, particularly the Seven Samurai. And I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name of the other one. But there's a lot of stuff that George Lucas pulled on. One of them, of course, was the Seven Samurai. Um, this movie is like, hey, you know how Star Wars was based on Seven Samurai? 
what if we did Star Wars, but it was Seven Samurai? And it's it made me feel insane while I was watching it because it's all these Star Wars things, but like straight up going to a cantina shot the same way, but then he's also just doing Seven Samurai, but it's not even interesting. It's visually, it mostly looks like garbage, which I'm not a Zack Snyder defender, but I think one of the things that he really has going for him is he often directs really visually interesting scenes. Not here. This is just a bad movie through and through, and it's a real bummer. Pete, you can't hear me. Tune back in. You're not even looking at me. Pete, Pete, put the headphones back on. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. You were looking down. Man. Well, yeah, man. I got to check out when you start talking. Oh, boy. Uh, well, anyway, curious to hear what you think about Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire, when you eventually watch it. Uh, let's see. Panico Mandala says, Alex's nips in the pick. Remind me of Batman and Robin. Was he the stunt double in the movie? Uh, yes, um, I was, actually. Why are you still doing this? Yeah. Those are my real nipples. No, they're not. Michael Edmund asks, how did he get more nipples every time he shows that picture? It is weird. Yeah. There you go. Um, well, anyway, from Nat Towson, what do you think will be the Stop best Stop letting comics? the trolls win. <laughs> no, I they already won, buddy. What do you think will be the best comics of 2024? Mm. I don't know. That's the exciting part. We don't know yet. Um, oh, gosh. I am... Hold on. Wait. Uh, there is a book... By Tom King and Bilquis Evely that I'm forgetting about the name of that I'm looking up right now that is called uh, Helen of Windhorn. There we go. And they pitched it, I think, as Conan meets Chronicles of Narnia. And it's about a woman whose father dies. He wrote a Conan-style series. She travels back to his mansion and discovers a lot of the stories that he wrote are real. real. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow is one of the best series of all time. So I cannot Agreed. wait to check that out. That's going to be great. I am, I've mentioned this before. I'm really interested to check out the ultimate universe stuff, particularly Peach Momoko's ultimate X-Men, because I think that's going to be like maybe one of the wildest comic books Marvel has ever released. Well, if Peach is there, I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Peach, Peach, Peaches. And the, also, I know you're not into it, but I'm really interested to see how they wrap up the Krakoa era. Like, I think that's going to be epic and dark and interesting. Plus, we've got the reboot of X-Men coming in July under Tom Brevoort, potentially with Gal Simone writing X-Men. So that should be interesting as well. So that should be fun. Hey, Alex. Yeah. Reminder, we got that one question that was an audience question that, yes. We do. Um I was trying to think of some DC stuff that's coming up before we move on. Okay, I'm just sorry. Just thought that. uh, This is early in the year, but Chip Zdarsky is doing a Joker year one in Batman, which I think is going to be potentially interesting. Maybe a disaster. I guess we'll see what happens, but that should be fascinating. We talked about this a little bit on the show before, but there's been hints that DC is going to do something big by the end of the year. I have no idea what that is, but I'm very curious. All right, why don't we go to that question that you mentioned? This was actually sent to us last week, and I'm sorry, I forgot about it. Thank you for reminding me, Pete. This is from Thor Axdal, sent through email. I have a question for your live show. I've recently been reading the Batman One Bad Day stories, and I just finished the Catwoman one. I loved how the story begins with One Bad Day, but ends on a positive note. It was a cathartic night for Selina, and she grew as a person by the end of it. 
This got me thinking. If DC were to do a one good day series for Superman, what characters and stories would you like to see? For me, I'd love to see a story with John and Martha being proud of a young Clark as he's developing his powers and using them for kindness. Thank you for your time. I love the show. Aww. Thank you so much, Thor. And I love this question. This is such a I, great question. If you're going to do a one good day for the Superman books, characters, whatever, what would you want to see? Well, for me, uh, Soups is about loss. Um, the fact they lost his family, he lost his planet, he is a stranger here. I would love to see the day he realizes he belongs. Like, the you know, like... He saves the earth he loves, you know, he has like a typical day of saving people and that kind of stuff. But then like, you know, maybe he has a little moment with his, you know, mom or something where he talks about, you know, the fact that he finally feels like, you know, um, he, he realizes that saving this planet because he lost his own and saving other people's family members because he lost his own is the way he feels like he belongs, you know, and, you know, just kind of has a nice moment with his mom and maybe it kind of, you see a sun setting on the farm or something as you know, kind of zooms out. But yeah, that, that to me, I would love to see that. If the one bad day idea is about villains who went in the wrong direction because of one bad day or one bad day that changed them in some way, um, if you did one good day, the first character that came to mind was actually Bibbo, Bibbo Babowski. I feel like <laughs> that would be a fun one to do it with, but I don't think that's exactly right. I think you'd have to do somebody like Metallo, like Metallo mm. finally having a good day and seeing what that does to him. That could be really interesting. Or like one of those villains who's on the edge. What would, or even maybe not, like what would Lex Luthor's one good day be like? Like he thinks he's beaten Superman for one day and eventually probably screws it up because that's what he does. I I, I love that idea. That's so smart. And I would 100% read that. I hope somebody from DC is written, listening and just steals that idea. Please do. So all apologies to Thor because... I want to read it. Uh, this is a question from Nat. Audience question. Alex, can you bring up your headshot up again? Absolutely. No, fucking. This is what this looks like. Thank you so much, Nat. I appreciate your question and your writing in. This is Kevin apologizing for his previous question. Top five comics adjacent media items from the last year. I guess that means movies, TV shows, Funko Pops, watches. What do you think, Pete? I hate He's you. Just guys. so traumatized at this point. I just, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> I got nothing, man. You talk. Sure. Uh, we reviewed a lot of shows. I think Riverdale was pretty good. I really liked the last season of that. Doom Patrol ended really nicely while we're yeah, talking about Doom TV Patrol shows. Great. I think Sandman came out this year, and I was kind of surprised and impressed by that. Was Peacemaker this year? Nope. Uh, Adventures of Superman, though. My Adventures with Superman. Delightful. Oh, yeah. Show. That was absolutely wonderful. And movie-wise, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was great. I really enjoyed Blue Beetle a lot. Um yeah, I don't know. I'm sure I'm blanking on it. Oh, uh, Across the Spider-Verse, obviously, as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's some stuff. You got anything yeah. additional there, Pete? Uh, Nat saying Stranger Things. That's a good call. That didn't come out this year. Well, Did it? Did it? I don't know. 
I thought in the beginning of the year, maybe. I don't know. I feel like you're flagging. So why don't we move on to Edward Doherty says, what do you see happening with comic book movies considering the past year? Great question. What's your prediction, Pete? I know you're not really a business guy, but given all the troubles that comic book movies have had over the past year, what do you think is going to happen in 2024? I don't know. I I think maybe, um, you know, instead of just being like, who cares if it's a superhero movie, just green light it. Maybe it'll just kind of like have to move back to the middle of pack and, uh, you know, only really good ideas will get green lit or I'm not sure. But, you know, um, as someone who grew up with not as many superhero movies and had this amazing boom happen, uh, I got no problem with uh, it calming down a little bit and having to wait a little bit longer between stuff, um, you know. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I feel like the pendulum's going to swing the other way, but it might swing back in our favor again. I I do think it's going to be sort of a holding your breath year more than anything. You know, if we're talking about Marvel, you got a couple of TV show things in there, but you only have Deadpool 3. If you're talking about DC... The DCEU is done at this point, you know, it, it like Aquaman 2 was the last thing. And I think there's Creature Commandos is coming out on TV next year. But the whole DCU from James Gunn doesn't start until 2025. So I don't know. There's one part of me that certainly thinks and hopes that it's going to be like, OK, this is the break that everybody needs. And they'll come back. But I also think other things are going to jump into that gap there. And we're going to get some sort of shift in media where the focus is going to go away from superhero movies, which I don't think is the worst thing. Like having them as the dominant form of media all the time is frankly kind of exhausting sometimes. And <laughs> I also mm-hmm. like being like, Ooh, what a special treat. I get to see a Batman movie once every three years. Isn't yeah. that nice versus, Okay, this is the 15th comic book movie I got to see this year and I got to get home because I've had five episodes of Echo to watch. It's it's a lot, you know? Yeah. So I know we're in a weird position because we host a show, so I feel an obligation to see that stuff. But at the same time, as a comic book fan, it's okay. It's okay if it's just Deadpool 3 and Creature Commandos and a couple of other TV shows. That's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any favorite new characters introduced this year? This is from Easy Reader. <sighs> man alive yes i can't think of any but yeah i mean there's been so much great stuff coming out this year it's i would throw out city boy from dc yeah it's really good from greg pock and mickey young i think was the artist Mm -hmm. and then there was the was it it wasn't ghost world spirit world was the name of the book i forget oh yeah spirit world yeah, I forgot the name of the character, but she was cool as well. And this mm-hmm. is not a new character this year, but Nicole Maines, as while we're keeping on the DC bed, has been pushing so hardcore for Dreamer off of her run as Dreamer on the Supergirl TV show. It really feels like this is another one that I'm interested to see next year. They took Dreamer put her in various backup stories next year. She's going to be the lead of the suicide squad. It's probably going to be a big year for suicide squad with the video game coming out as well. So that's a character that I think like they're really trying to give staying power in the same way that a miss Marvel or miles Morales has, but there you go. That's all DC stuff. Um, Otherwise I think in terms of favorite new characters, I think like a lot of the stuff that is going to have staying power is from, 
Image Comics or a lot of the other publishers that we've talked about, something is killing the children is going to be sticking around for a really long time. Yeah. Radiant Black, the massive verse is, I think, one that they're really laying the groundwork for there. And I think Minor Threats and the Alternates, that whole universe has a possibility of growing. They announced a sequel as well. And I'm hoping for, uh, I know this wasn't this year invented, but more far sector stuff. Uh, mm. The comic was unbelievable when it first yeah, came out. They haven't really figured out how to use Joe since then. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, Nat says, what are the bottom comics of 2023? Comics about bottoms. Obviously, Nightwing is the only answer there. Clive Evans mm. says, do you collect any physical comics yourselves or is everything you read digital? Uh, yes, I collect uh, both. Yes, most of my physical comics collection is through my son, who we go once a week and buy him comics because we read the stuff digitally for the stack and otherwise. But I'll usually buy him a stack of stuff. So we have we have too many comics in our house. But there you go. Great problem to have. Uh, Nat would like to know why did you watch Gervais? And he follows that up with, I thought you said you wanted to laugh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they booed him in the special. He was getting booed, so it was real interesting. Yeah. Oh, man, I like watching stand-up comedians. I don't know what to tell you, Nat. Uh, I thought we were on the same page on that. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, controversial guy, kind of a jerk. Uh, Nelson Kelso says, any Agreed. movies or shows announced for 2024 you guys are hyped for? I'm excited for the return of House of the Dragon. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm kind of excited for The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live, which reunites Rick and Michonne. Um, I've been watching The Walking Dead stuff religiously for years, but this is one that I'm like, okay, I'm into that relationship. If it's actually romantic, like they're apart and they get back together, that's going to be a good moment. I'm excited to check that out. I'm excited for Echo. I'm excited for... I'm hoping there's going to be some kind of blade that we're going to get. Uh, no, I don't know. That's been this... pushed until at least 2025. Damn it. Well, I'm still excited for it. Uh, Monk 42020 says, Have you guys watched Blue Eye Samurai on Netflix? No, I that? saw you uh, mentioning that, Noel. I wrote it down and put it in my queue. Uh, I got to check it out. There's so much great. to watch. Yeah, I haven't watched that. The other one that I really want to watch, just sort of on the same bet, is uh, is it Sovereign's Reign? Mm. It's supposed to be excellent. Sort of on like the kind of anime bent. Frederica Rosa said, "Did you guys watch Aquaman? How's the hype? If not, oh, I watched it all right. Uh oh, oh man, and you're number one Aquaman fan, uh, Aqua fan. I could uh, not make it out this weekend to see it. I was gonna try to, but." Oof. Uh-oh. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. Silence speaks volumes. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. Michael Emmons says, what do you guys think of the new compendium format? I'm reading Sandman Mystery Theory Compendium right now, which is why I ask. I don't know what the compendium format is. Do you know, Pete? No. There you go. Um, I'll have to look that up. I know... It's not the paperback version that's coming out uh, later this year. I wonder what that is. Let's see. Um, doo -doo -doo. Here we go. Edward would like to know what were your top five lists of 2023? <laughs> well, I loved our best comics list. Oh, man. 
Nat says, do you think Sony will finally reveal their own Spider-Man or they're holding out from one of the existing actors? Um, I think they're holding out from one of the existing actors. I think they would love to get Tom Holland to do some stuff, but if not, they'll try to get probably Andrew Garfield seems to be most likely to do it. Uh, also, did Echo come out? No, it comes out on January 10th. Um, and then, hold on, I'm trying to get through these comments. Uh, will this be the year that Pete finally punches Nat? Ooh, I, we got, I don't know if we can squeeze it in this year, but might have to be next year. All right. Let's Knuckle sandwich. Knuckle sandwich. Knuckle sandwich 2024. Mm-hmm. All right, there we go. That is it for your audience questions. Thank you. All right. And now we're going to move on with the next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. All right. Yeah. We'll give back to you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win $25 free to Midtown Comics Online. Because if you had $25, you go to a comic book shop. So we just need a brave volunteer or we can make Zelbatron do it and we can donate to charity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess figure out if you want to steal from charity or not. I think that's the main thing. Yeah, that's the main thing. Yeah, Pete, do you have a favorite? Oh, Nat says me. Oh boy! Wow, there we go. Well, we can't bring him in hmm. necessarily, so we'll that's just have good. to do the trivia. I mean, he's you know, he's he's a busy guy. He's probably performing live on stage somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Here, you know what? I'll send him the link. We'll see. Oh, there's well, there's Michael. He said, "Give it to Michael." Oh, he said, give it to Michael. All right. So Michael Emmond. Yeah, Michael Emmond gets it. There you go. Michael, just leave it in the comments. Pete, take it away. All right. Today's stream is on comic book quotes and a small nod to the legend Andre Andre Brower. R.I.P. Captain Raymond Holt. All right. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go. Question number one. Who said... Paradise Undurned is a bit a land of shadows. Ooh. Oh, I'm sorry. Paradise Undurned is but a land of shadows. I can't read my own handwriting. Was it A, Tupac, B, The Silver Surfer, or C, Bill Nunn? Mm. Mm. Uh, while we're doing that, this is going to take a minute, uh, or maybe not. Um, over on Instagram, cool hand Dan tattoo says thoughts on the direction of the MCU. How are you feeling about that, Pete? Uh, yeah. I mean, how do you, uh, Michael said, um, uh, it, it's a comic book quotes and only one of them was a comic book character. Michael don't B? overthink. Is it. it B? It is B. Yes. Wow. There we go. All right. All right. We'll come back to that question there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll right, question in, number like, two. Pauses. Who who said discussion is for bioorganisms? Was it A, Deathlock, B, the brain, or C, Bob Miner? Feels like the MCU has got to fix a lot of stuff. I would say they've got to figure out some stuff, and hopefully they are taking this year where they only have one movie and a couple of TV shows that are mostly done to figure that out and reassess and... Ugh, I, don't, I don't know. They just got to like change the whole thing. So Michael is correct. It is a wow. Here we go. Last one. Question number three. Who said grownups are a strange breed? Their brains weigh close to three pounds and that's not three pounds of cherry delight. 
Was it A, The Tick, B, Deadpool, or C, Mark Margolis? Hmm. Probably Mark Margolis, I would think. Yeah, it sounds like something he would say, right? Oh my God, totally. That is classic uh, Mark Margolis. Yeah. Kevin thought I was going to say Denzel Washington, but I didn't. I feel like your you're main in my goal head, with Kevin. trivia is to trick Kevin. That's all I'm doing now. Okay. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> all right. Michael said B, which was a great guess, and I put it in there to try to trick you. It was the tick. The tick wow, said Wow. There we go. Congratulations, Michael. You have won a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics. Shoot us an email, and we will get that off to you shortly. Pete, what is the secret movie? The yep. Andre Brower movie that you were hinting at there. It was hilarious because Kevin says it's still glory. Yes, it is the 1989 classic glory. All right. Uh, well, Pete, as we all know, new comic books are coming out all the time, even here at the end of the year. What are you looking forward to that's coming out tomorrow? Oh, man, a lot of great stuff coming out mm-hmm. tomorrow. I'm looking forward to Giant Robot Hellboy, number three. I'm looking out, uh, looking forward to Deadly Hands of Kung Fu and the Sensational She-Hulk. Oh, yeah. All good picks. I, uh, what am I looking forward to? So many things. I'm looking forward to, there's a new issue of Sandman Universe Nightmare Country, The Glass House, which is the end of this arc. New Avengers, Inc., which, as I mentioned, great mystery series. Very, very fun. Also looking forward to the end of Batman, Santa Claus, Silent Night. Oh, yeah. Coming out. Just a fun, fun title. And Mm. curious to check out Holy Roller, number two from Image Comics. I wasn't big on the first issue, but I really want to give it a chance because the team is very good. I mean, come on. Um, Sandberg. Bowling. Andy Sandberg. Come on. Violence. Come on. So, as mentioned, Stack Podcast is going to be running a little late. Usually comes out Wednesday, 9 a.m. in the Comic Book Club feed in its own dedicated Stack feed. But it will be out a little later than usual this week. So, thank you for bearing with us. But, guys, folks, that is it for this week's show. The last show of 2023. A couple of things we want to plug. We want to plug next week's guest. We are going to have a big 2024 we have some amazing guests for you pretty much every week for the first part of the year at the very least and then hopefully for the rest of the year as well we're going to be kicking off with john ridley is going to be here on january 2nd to talk about the ministry of compliance among many other things also cliff blazinski is going to be here to talk about scrapper super fun future dog book that he's been doing with alex decampi that is great Comic Book Club News, our Comic Book Club News podcast coming out daily, except for this week and probably next week while I take a break for the holidays. Um, Marvel Vision, at some point, we'll catch up with What If. Meanwhile, patreon.com slash comic book club. Support this show and all the other shows we do. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Android, Spotify, or the app of your choice. At Comic Book Live on Twitter slash X. Comic Book Club Live on Instagram and TikTok. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Thank you, everybody, for listening to these podcasts over the course of 2023. Happy New Year to you all. We will check you again in 2024. You do not know how much we appreciate it. Thank you. Have a lovely night. Yeah, take care of yourselves out there. We need you. 